Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. I'm really excited today because we have a TEN talk and I don't know if you know much about TEN talks, they're a complete rip-off of TED talks, <laughs> um, but we thought we'd, uh, as you can tell by the graphic, um, but they're great. They've been fantastic for us as a church over the last few years at hearing the voice of the church, people in our church that have got something that they feel like God's put on their heart and they want to come and share to us in a manageable 10-minute chunk, sometimes 12 to 15 minutes as well. And uh, today we've got Mark, who's uh, anxiously standing over there, and Fran. If you don't know Mark and Fran, Mark and Fran and Rob and Emily, these names, you'll get to them a little bit more. Uh, they're going to be at the vision meeting as well. They're part of our discipleship team. Now, we want to be much more intentional with discipleship in our church. This is discipleship. Life groups are discipleship. But actually, we want to be much more um, intentional than that. And so today, we're going to talk a lot about discipleship, and we'll talk about a specific area of discipleship as well, which Fran will bring us um, after Mark. So a round of applause for Mark as he comes up. Be really good. Just going to pray for you and then hand over to you. Is that right? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my brother Mark. I thank you for his heart for you, that you love him, that you care for him. Lord, I thank you that he is such a servant to you, that he wants to see your church on fire for you with intentional discipleship, one-to-one partnerships, loving one another, caring for each other, praying for each other. Jesus, I pray now, just as he speaks to us, you will speak through him and you'll challenge our hearts in your name. Amen. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, my daughter encouraged me this morning by saying I looked a bit like Britney Spears with this thing on this morning. <laughs> so thankfully she's left the room, so that's okay. But um, I'm not going to sing like Britney Spears, I promise. And uh, Jade, yeah, I'm going to call you out, Jade, because that's not very encouraging at the start of a talk. Um, anyway, my talk today is on my 23, sorry, start again, my 2023 adventure. So I'm going to start by saying, do you know God's plans for you in 2023? So we all like to make our own plans, plans for a holiday, plans for a new job, plans to get fit, and if you've got some, even plans for a new haircut. But the plans that matter the most are God's plans. If you're not aware, our motto text for this year is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, which says, the Spirit of God reveals to us his plans for our lives. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God reveals to us his plans for our lives. And I'm going to share with you what God has revealed to me, not just once, probably quite a few times in the last few years since we've been here for almost four years at Waypoint. So some time ago, uh, I was talking with Jim, probably our favorite place to talk, which if you hadn't guessed, was the pub, um, about getting more involved at Waypoint. And I remember saying to him on that day, Jim, I really would like to get more involved at Waypoint. Jim's reply, and it wasn't one of his usual replies, was, okay, Mark, great. 
but what do you think God wants you, you to do at Waypoint? And I have to say I was, I found that question quite tough and I thought, ah, great, if Jim asked me that question, I'll be prepared. Um, so after much thought, I spurted out that I really enjoyed walking with people that God had asked me to. And by the way, that's what we call discipleship. So if I look back on my own life, I can see a number of people that have walked with me and enabled me to grow. And I'm going to embarrass her this morning. So my mum's here today, and um, I'm probably going to embarrass her. But my mum is the best person I know, doesn't matter, 24 hours a day. If I've got something that I'd like her to pray about, my mum always prays about everything. And even those private things that my children have said, don't tell the grandparents, my mum always gets to find out about those, and we pray about those things. So I want to call out my mum as being the greatest disciple for me. So thanks, mum. But if I look back on my life, I can see that a number of people have also done that for me and enabled me to grow in my faith. And I also know that over the years, and you're probably going to be surprised how old I am, over about 40 years since I became a Christian at 17, um, God's been preparing me for now. So you're probably thinking I'm a bit dim or a bit slow. I don't think I am. But I probably needed quite a lot of preparation for what we're about to go into. Um, But it also makes me realize that I've been to about four or five churches in my life and not many of them had proper discipleship in place. They talked about it, but in my mind, if I look back, they weren't probably doing it like it was meant to be done, if that makes sense. So it was not seen as something that everyone needed to be doing, just the full-time leaders and those spiritual special people. You probably all heard of those people. The people that you think like, yeah, they're really special and I'm sort of over here and they're up there. But actually, my understanding of the Bible is actually every single one of us in this room needs to be doing that stuff. Every single one of us, and not just Jim, not just the elders, not all those super special people that you think are better than you. It involves me and you as well, if that makes sense. So at this point, you're probably thinking, Mark, where did you get this idea from? And why would God choose someone like me? So if you must know, as much as I have benefited from and enjoy walking with others, it does feel a little bit scary. Let me say that again. It does feel a bit scary walking with other people. And I'm far from perfect, and thankfully my wife's not here this morning to agree with me, but I am far from perfect And I know I'm definitely work in progress even after 40 years of being a Christian. And I'm not good at some things. And I also have a diary like a lot of us, I'm sure, that's quite full at the moment. That all said, now does feel a lot different to any other time I've been in before. And I'm convinced that I've heard God clearly. And for those of you that don't know, my wife Helen and I, were called to Waypoint about four years ago. So we were in a great church then, by the way, and we were at the time like, God, why would you bring us to Waypoint? And by the way, you know how lovely you all are, by the way, when I say that. So we have made loads of great friends, 
but we weren't totally sure of the reasons why we moved. And we love being close to home. And then as you know what's going to happen next, COVID hit. And then for two plus years, we spent the whole of our time getting to know people at Waypoint online. And if, like me, you don't like Zoom calls all day, it was like, wow, again, God, why have you brought us to a place where the only way we can get to know people is online? And then, if you're not aware, Waypoint has been through quite a turbulent time in the last few years in terms of leadership changes in the, in the team as well. So you can imagine, Helen and I had quite a lot of conversations in the last four years about, God, why did you take us away from a really good church that we loved to Waypoint? And what was his purpose for us in bringing us here? And as a lot of us Christians say a lot of the time, have we heard you wrong? And was he trying to teach me in particular, because I do things at pace too often, was he also trying to teach me to be patient? Well, to cut a long story short, in the summer of 2022, we launched a new discipleship pairing ministry at Waypoint. And before I move on, thanks to Jim, to Emily, Rob and Fran, we prayerfully launched it. And the great news is, six months later, we now have 70 plus people walking in pairs and quite a few waiting for the right pair to be available. This is so amazing, but, and there's a big but, but we've only just started. Thank you. So since then, God has continued to remind me that ministry is part of his plans for Waypoints, that his discipleship ministry is definitely part of his plans for Waypoint, and definitely in 2023. And just want to share a couple of other little bits. So a few of you may know, um, a couple of months ago, I was involved in a medical emergency. Don't like to have those, but I'll, I'll say why, and I'll explain why in a minute. But thankfully, a paramedic was very close by and was able to help me. And as I was about to receive my fourth, yeah, fourth adrenaline injection, which apparently is quite a lot, in fact, far too many, the paramedic asked a bystander to put their young child in the car because things could turn out quite bad. And then I was lifted into the ambulance and with the blue lights flashing was rushed to A&E. But I clearly remember in that journey that I promised God that if I survived that incident, I would give this ministry all that I could in terms of my effort and my priority. And over the last few months, God has been reminding me to keep going. When I meet with people to discuss their pairing, there appears to be a real hunger for discipleship pairing in this church. And I'm amazed at what God has started and I'm also encouraged by the pro progress in the first six months. What I now want to do is just to share with you, for those that are interested in getting involved, um, what it requires if you're going to be paired with someone and walk with them in a discipleship walk. And there's many other reasons as well, but I've just listed a few. So if you're going to walk with someone, you have to be intentional. Obviously, you need to love others, but by the way, you guys are amazing at loving others anyway. 
and you need to make time regularly in your diary. So I mentioned that my diary is always full. The only way I do discipleship, and I have about four people that I disciple, is by booking that time in advance. And this one's for me, so you definitely have to learn to listen well, and for me to talk a little bit less. Too many of us meet up with other people and spend the whole time talking, and then wonder why the other person said nothing. So that's a reminder for me is to stop talking a bit and listen better. Um, we also have to be vulnerable. So we're not gonna grow together if we don't start sharing some stuff that's going on in here. And for us guys, I know how hard that is, but it probably does you good to get some of that stuff out. You've also got to have a desire to grow. So one of my things I really love to happen for so many people in this church is in a, a year's or two's time, look back and go, why have I grown to this point as a Christian? And look back and go, it was because of this decision today about joining this ministry that you're going to see the growth in your life. A couple of other bits as well. So, and an obvious one, if you're discipleship pairing, you must bring your map. And obviously our map is the Bible. So please don't be surprised by that, but that's the thing that guides us. And all of us have to get into a habit in reading it more. And also the clothing we wear. We can't just turn up in our shorts and t-shirt and expect to be fine in terms of living each day. We have to put on God's armor. So again, reminding each other every day to put on our armor. And most important as well, being accountable to each other. So if you have something that you're struggling with and you share it, let the other person ask how you're getting on in that situation and that sin, for example. So there's a few examples of that. What I'd also like to talk through, very quickly, is what we're gonna do in Waypoint to help you if, this, if you decide to get involved. So obviously we're gonna provide a suitable pairing, and we don't just do that in some weird way in a dark room. We do ask you to share where you are with your walk. We do then prayerfully um, consider who are the best options for you, and then before we launch that, we'll then ask your permission to launch that pairing as well. So it's, we do involve you, we do pray about it, but we want to know where you are in your walk, if that makes sense. And that's part of the process. We also provide guidelines. So for example, how to recall your meetings that you're going to have together, and also a safeguarding process. As you'd expect, we provide ongoing support and help. And we provide updates and suggestions, and training as required as well. The plans going forward on a Sunday morning in particular is to share encouraging stories and definitely to make it part of Waypoint's culture over the next few years going forward. And I could list probably 50 benefits of doing this. I'm only going to do a few. So the benefits of being in a discipleship pair is obviously your walk with God will, be, will become closer. And over time, God will start to reveal his plans to you like he has to me. I love this one as well. I've probably drunk more coffee and had more cakes in the last few years. Um, but again, find your thing, but definitely you can have as much as you want if that's okay. Um, the other benefit obviously is prayer cover. As I said about my mum, I can't think of a single big thing that I've had or we've had going on in our family that my mum hasn't found out about and prayed about as well. You will also receive encouragement and support throughout the day and knowing someone is watching your back 
Well, one of, my, one of my discipleship pairings said that to me the other day, and I didn't really think I understood what he was talking about. Watching your back, what, from an arrow hitting you from behind? And now I get it, yes. It's looking out for that person all the time. And even if they keep saying they're fine, and you know they're not fine, watching out for them, if that makes sense. And I guess for me, one of the most important ones is in this modern life, I see so many people that are alone or feel they're alone. Great, so I can already see three quotes, very quick quotes in terms of people's feedback so far, in terms of being involved in discipleship pairing. So number one, it has made such a difference in my life. Bit of a theme here, we share coffee and cake and we pray for each other and I'm sure it would benefit you too. Number two, we grow and develop in relationship with each other and with the Lord and wish we were aware of the benefits earlier. Number three, we journey through life together, sharing the ups and downs, and it has been great to know that someone is praying for me. So in summary, I am convinced that God has revealed his plans to us, and Waypoint has started a journey to make intentional discipleship as important as youth, seniors, children, and all other areas of ministry. We already have 70 plus people signed up and others waiting to be paired and the feedback has been good so far. But my challenge to you is please, please review your plans for 2023 because, next slide please, we would love you to join us in the discipleship pairing and at the end of the service I'll be standing out in the reception area so if you would like to join please do sign up. And thank you very much for your time. Oops, sorry. Okay, well, I'm, I'm Fran, and I'm a said part of the discipleship team, and I'm the person that you need to come and speak to if you'd like to be part of a life group. And this morning, I am going to be um, just unpacking one element of discipleship, and that is Sabbath. So, Sabbath, it is a day of rest when we're not supposed to do anything at all. Well, according to Levitical law, that is, and they were seriously hot on keeping the law. They even prepared all their food to eat on the Sabbath the day before. Um, Jesus kept the Sabbath. So having a day of rest and doing absolutely nothing is obviously the right thing to do. But let's be honest, how appealing does that actually sound? To sit around not doing anything, and I mean nothing. Not playing on your phone, nothing. I mean, it's a waste of a day really, isn't it? Most of us only get two days off a week if we're in paid employment, and there is always so much to do. If you're anything like me, you've got this massive to-do list of things that you need to be doing when you're not actually in your paid employment. So do I really wanna sit around twiddling my thumbs doing absolutely nothing for an entire day? Well, I'd like you to park that thought for a moment, and I'd like you to bring to mind a really good friend. 
somebody who you love spending time with, somebody who, when you just like five-minute telephone conversation makes you feel better, that you spend time with them and you feel refreshed and invigorated and you are re-energized at a soul-deep level. Your material circumstances haven't changed at all, but just having spent time with that person makes you feel better equipped to face whatever it is that you need to deal with. That kind of, it kind of, they're like a well of refreshing water. They just makes your soul go, can you, do you know that feeling? Have you got a friend like that? That feeling, that, that is what Sabbath is supposed to feel like. That's how you're supposed to feel at the end of having had Sabbath. So why is it that so many of us neglect the Sabbath or only Sabbath sort of? I mean, we come to church on a Sunday and, well, that's if we don't get a better offer anyway. So we turn up to church and then we have Sunday lunch and then it's like, well, that's that box ticked. And then you crack on with your to-do list. We go, you know, you've got DIY to do, there's stuff to do around the house, you've got laundry to fold. I don't know, you're like, oh, well, I need to pop to the shops because I didn't get time to do that on the Saturday. Um, You know, time's precious, and you don't want to waste your days off. There's loads of stuff to, to do. We've all been there. I know I certainly have. Well, actually, let me call that out for what that is today. That is a lie. It is a clever, deceitful lie told by the devil that convinces us that we know better than God regarding what is good for us and what we actually need. And that erosion of trust in God happens so subtly that we don't even realize that it's happened. It is a lie that is designed to rob you of your humanity. I'm gonna say that again. That lie that says you are too busy to Sabbath properly robs you of your humanity. How? Well, because we're made in the image of God. And when sin entered the world, we were corrupted and our humanity was diminished because we couldn't be in that really close relationship with God in the way that we were created to be. And to restore your humanity in all of its completeness means we need to be in relationship, fully connected to him. And that lie that says you're too busy to prioritize Sabbath robs you of your connection with creator God. And this affects us not just physically because we're permanently tired because we're not resting properly, but your soul suffers with every Sabbath that rest that you neglect. We are deceived into believing that we are trusting God completely, but we're actually behaving as if we know better than God. Now, let me give two caveats to that um, before I go on. Firstly, if you are the proud owner of a very, very, very small person, you are probably thinking I'm speaking from a parallel universe where rest actually exists. Um, I have been there. I know what it feels like. It is only a season. And I would encourage you that in those tiny little moments, of quiet and rest that you do get, that you're just intentional about inviting God into those moments. The second caveat is there might be people here today and people listening online who are actually time poor. 
And what I mean by that is they are in an economic situation, which means they have to have paid employment seven days a week just to pay the mortgage or the rent and to put food on the table. My challenge would be to the rest of the church family, if we know brothers and sisters in Christ who are in that situation, maybe we should be supporting them in a way which means they don't have to work seven days a week. Okay, what does scripture tell us about Sabbath? In Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, when God is giving the Ten Commandments, he says to Moses, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the Sabbath day is a so the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. This is the longest of the Ten Commandments. It's not just one of the, it's not an add-on, it's one of the big ten. It's right on up there with do not murder, do not steal, do not um, bear false witness. And yet we often pretend that one doesn't really exist. God doesn't give us this commandment because he wants to spoil our fun or impose on our time. He says this because he gave it to us as a gift because we're made in his image and he knows what we need. If we go right to the very beginning of the Bible, Sabbath was created at the outset when God blessed it and made it holy in Genesis chapter two. He gave it to humankind as a gift. He knows that we need weekly rest, and he knows we need a regular top-up of God in our souls, even though we don't always acknowledge that that is actually what we need. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. It was made because we need it to function, not as something to be seen as a chore. God gives us permission to rest. In fact, he insists on it. If we ever needed evidence that God is good, he is literally insisting that you fall asleep on the sofa this afternoon. Isaiah urges us in chapter 58 to turn back to the Sabbath and to call it a pleasure because we will delight in the Lord. Matthew in chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and um, sorry, I've lost my place. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Throughout the Bible, from the very start to the very finish, we just see this thread of an invitation to Sabbath and to spend time with Jesus. So, why is it so important that we do it? Because having spent time with Jesus, your soul will be refreshed and ready for another week of toil, another week of partnering with Jesus to usher in his kingdom. Sabbath is the reconnecting of your soul to the creator and it feels really good because it's what we're created for. It restores our humanity to its fullness and that feeling we were thinking about right at the beginning, that's what it is, that's that feeling. It's not about sitting around and doing nothing. It's about being intentional, about doing things that reconnect your soul to Jesus and bring you joy. Is it any wonder that the devil is so determined to make us believe the lie that we don't need to prioritize this? The less connected to God we are, the less human we are, and therefore the less effective we are in the kingdom of God. 
What Sabbath looks like can actually come in all sorts of different forms depending on your character. It might be lunch with a life-giving friends, with good conversation. Could be a long walk in the sunshine. Could be sailing or kayaking, enjoying God's creation. It might be curling up with a good book and a mug of tea. Who's with me on that one? That's all the introverts in the room. Um, Could be listening to worship music. It doesn't really matter as long as you are connecting with Jesus. Personally, I don't have any issue with sitting at the kitchen table preparing all the veg for dinner as long as I can do it whilst listening to worship music. And crucially, and this is really, really important, I deliberately neglect my mobile phone. Disconnect from the world for a while so that I can connect with God. So please don't be surprised if you don't get any response from me via social media or on my phone whilst I'm Sabbathing, because my phone will be turned off. And you'll notice I've intentionally not actually said Sunday. Some people have to work on a Sunday. Medical staff, emergency services, dare I say it, the pastor. We do employ Jim to work on a Sunday. Whichever 24-hour period works for you, and for most of us it will be a Sunday, There needs to be a day when you disconnect from the things of this world and allow silence to deepen into gratitude, as Eugene Peterson once put it. Author Wayne Muller states that Sabbath time is set apart for remembering the holiness of life. If we speed up and saturate ourselves with accomplishment and worry, we may defile what is sacred with our mindlessness. The time is the key, time and attention. Sabbath Sabbath should not be seen as a luxury, but as an essential to our health as eating or drinking, and it takes discipline. It is worth saying, however, that, that, that disciplines or practicing the way of Jesus doesn't automatically translate into us becoming more like Jesus. They do, however, provide a framework and help us create a heart posture that enables the Holy Spirit to do his transformation work in our lives. Simply put it, the spiritual discipline of Sabbath makes us available to the Holy Spirit. So, will you gratefully receive the gift of Sabbath this morning and allow God to re-energize your soul on a weekly basis? Try it for a couple of weeks and see how much better your week goes as a result. You'll likely find that rather than not having enough time to do anything, that actually you function better throughout the week for having had a proper day of rest. It does take discipline, so if 24 hours seems like really far too daunting to begin with, Try three hours, then six, then 12. In fact, you could use your discipleship partnership to um, be accountable to that person as to how this is going and how well you're actually Sabbathing. I don't have a discipleship partnership with Jim, but I do quite regularly ask him whether he's managing to Sabbath or not. He literally has gone fishing when he's doing that. so there we go. So it's very likely, actually, that the, very, that the people here who most need to be able to um, Sabbath and would uh, benefit from it most are probably the people who will find it the hardest to switch off their phone and actually be still. If that is you, then I, what I would suggest you do is, in about 
24 hours when this talk has been uploaded onto the YouTube channel, go and have a look at this video on the YouTube channel, because in the comments below that, I'm going to post some um, signpost resource links for things which would be really helpful for you to be able to kind of work through to help you switch off your phone. So if we really trust God, he has our very best interests at heart, and he knows what we need before we ask it, then observing Sabbath is a non-negotiable. In his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Homer says, Jesus offers, offers his apprentices or disciples a whole new way to bear the weight of our humanity. With ease, with him at our side, at his pace, slow, unhurried, present to the moment, and full of love, joy, and peace. He does not promise us an easy life, but he does provide a means by which our soul can be at rest in the midst of the storm by living within the unforced rhythms of grace. An unforced rhythm of grace that is beautifully, intentionally punctuated by Sabbath. Let's pray. I'm going to use a Sabbath blessing written by Pete Gregg. And if you use Lectio 365, this will be fairly familiar to you. May this day bring Sabbath rest to your heart and your home. May God's image in you be restored and your imagination in God restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May you know grace to embrace your finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. And may God's word feed you and his spirit lead you into the week and into the life to come. <laughs>